All right. Welcome back to Journalistic Integrity. It is Thursday, February 10th, and we're just three days away from the Super Bowl. These two weeks between the conference championship and the Super Bowl always go by super slow, but we're finally within striking distance. So we're excited about that. Before I get to the Super Bowl, I wanted to talk, discuss a topic that was the main sports media topic about a week ago. Um, so I'm a little late to it, but I've got some thoughts on it that are contrary to what the main takeaway was. And it is about the Baseball Hall of Fame and how the steroids guys, the Barry Bonds, the Mark McGuire's, the Sammy Sosa's are not getting into the Hall of Fame. And for a week straight, people were like, oh my gosh, these baseball writers, they're terrible for the game. These are why kids don't watch baseball is because Barry Bonds isn't getting in the Hall of Fame. Well, first off, I'm pretty sure kids aren't like, hey, Dad, can you go ahead and hand me that list of Hall of Famers? Let me sort, oh, oh, Randy Johnson is there? Okay, cool. I'm going to watch this uh, Padres-Twins game. Second of all, the reason why kids don't like baseball is because baseball is just boring now. For the most part, it's just dudes standing around. Player, players should not be able to step outside of the batter's box when they're hitting. There's no reason that they need to do that. Secondly, another reason why baseball is not as big, and sometimes it's not just baseball's fault. It's Everyone's like, oh, the marketing, all that stuff. Sometimes the sport just isn't as good as other sports or as entertaining to watch. It's nowhere close to football, closer to basketball, but still basketball is just so much a more entertaining sport. But the biggest thing is when you look at football and we look at basketball, the star players starting football, Patrick Mahomes touches the ball 50% of the game. In basketball, LeBron James has the ball 50% of the game. There's a 50% chance he's going to take a shot. They have the ball. Things are happening. In baseball, okay, so let's say, all right, so there's nine hitters in the lineup. On average, about four at-bats. So about 36 at-bats for each team. So let's, we'll say 72 total at-bats happen in a baseball game. And let's say we've got a star player like Tatis, the shortstop for the Padres. He has four at-bats. So four out of the 72 at-bats are taken by the star player. That is like 6 or 7% of the time the hitter is a star player. So it's completely out of proportion. The star players are not engaged in the sport as much as they are in the other two major sports in America. Let's go back to the steroids piece. People took, the, the blame shifted out of nowhere. Like, you realize these people took steroids. They stuck a needle in their arm to gain an advantage. And I know I sound like old curmudgeon person, but look, this is just how I feel, and I think this is the truth. They gained an unfair advantage, not just against the pitcher who's playing by the rules or supposedly playing by the rules, but against the fringe MLB player, against their backup, a guy in AAA trying to break through. The gap between them the player trying to break through, and the steroid user is increased with steroids. Now, we don't know how much steroids increases. Did Would Barry Bonds have hit you know, 50 home runs instead of 61 or whatever he hit? We don't know that, but what we do know is it was an advantage or else people wouldn't have done it. They got stronger. We could see their body. And we look back, there wasn't even much of a punishment for them, right? So they get the records. Barry Bonds still holds the record um, for home runs. We still have the pitchers who use Roger Clemens, ERA, like top ERA, all these great milestones that all of these players, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, all those home runs, all still stand. 
all their big contracts resulting from this increase in production. They didn't have to pay any of that money back. I think it's okay if they don't get in the Hall of Fame. Like, is, I think it's okay if they get two out of the three. They get the money, they get the records, but not the Hall of Fame. I think that's a pretty good trade-off for guys that use steroids. And maybe the blame should not be on the writers not letting them to the Hall of Fame, but the actual players that took steroids, and a lot of them lied about it for years and years and years to the public in interviews. Alex Rodriguez, remember that 60 Minutes interview, dead looks us dead in the camera and says, I did not take steroids. Maybe... These people who cheated should be the ones taking the blame for not being in the Hall of Fame. All right, now let's talk about a sport that people actually care about, and that is the National Football League. Bengals versus the Rams, and I've got a bad feeling about this game, guys. I have been thinking about it, and I keep coming to the same conclusion, and I'm really scared and I hope this isn't true, but I think the Rams win in a blowout, a two-score game. I keep seeing 31-20 to 20 in my head, 31-33-20. to 20. And here's the thing. When we look at the Bengals, it feels like they're one big bubble, kind of like the stock market, like internet era or the mortgage-backed security crisis, the financial crisis where something just blows. Its value is getting larger and larger for no real physical, substantial reason. We look at the Bengals. They could have lost to the Raiders. Derek Carr had four chances. One of them was a spike. Four chances to score a touchdown on the goal line to go into overtime. Doesn't get it done. Then we go to the Titans game. Tannehill, final drive, throws a really bad interception when the Titans have all the momentum. They can go into overtime and win. Instead, Cincinnati picks it off and they get an easy field goal to win it. And then Kansas City, in the AFC Championship game. Wow, we do have to give the Bengals some credit. It was a great comeback, down 21-3. I think if the Chiefs kick a field goal at the end of the half to go up 14, they reclaim some of that momentum. And it's kind of just just a weird play at the end. Normally, Mahomes makes that right play. I've gotten over it, whatever. And anyway, the Bengals have been propped up by all of these kind of 50-50 chances at the end of games. And they've won all three of them. And so now they just look like this you know, clutch, well put together team. And while Joe Burrow's good, all these guys are good. They still went 10 and seven. They lost seven games. They lost to the Jets. They're not the most talented team. Their offensive line isn't very good. Their defense isn't great. And we look at statistically, the Rams are just a much better team. So we look at the offensive side, EPA per play, the Rams are at sixth. Cincinnati right at the middle of the pack, 14th. Drop back passing, Rams fourth in the NFL, Cincinnati ninth, and then rush attack. The Rams are 16th, but the Bengals are 28th, and I want to stick there. We've seen the Rams when they had kind of their you know weird middle-of-the-season rut. Teams were like out-physicaling them and running the ball down their throat, right? Because the Rams have a lot of these good pass rushers, Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, and they're smaller guys, smaller linebackers, smaller edge rushers, Um and so they're not the best run stoppers. They're not the best, hey, this tackle's coming at me. I'm going to hold my ground and be able to position myself to either force them inside or grab a hand. They get pushed around in the run game. And Cincinnati doesn't have the best rush attack. And that's a weakness that the Rams have that I don't think the Bengals will be able to take advantage of. And just quick side note for complete transparency, the Rams are third in defense against the rush in EPA. So... I've watched a good amount of the Rams games and the games where they're exposed, the games where they lose, they get gashed 
in the run game. And so if you can run it against them, it really helps out. The pass rushers aren't as aggressive. So the Rams may be statistically good against the rush, but the teams that have had success have rushed the ball really well against them. And I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to, to do that. And we just look at the experience across the board. And it's part of the reason why everyone's rooting for the Bengals is because the Bengals are the young team. So we look at the quarterbacks, Burrow, his second year, Stafford, his like 10th or 11th year. We look at the receivers. We've got Jamar Chase, a rookie, T. Higgins, I think his second year, second or third year. And then with the Rams, it's Cooper Cup, been there for several years. OBJ, been around for a while. And so it's this big discrepancy. And then we look uh, even further at the defense. Von Miller, he's won a Super Bowl. Aaron Donald, the you know, what, five-time defensive player of the year, been around forever. Um, Jalen Ramsey, best corner, been around forever. So it's these guys that have been around for so long against these new kind of David versus Goliath type thing where the Rams have all these star players, all these experienced guys, and then the Bengals have like, hey, we have Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, and we have really big comebacks sometimes. But what happens in these comebacks is like, this is how I see the game going, where the Bengals get down early, and then they don't have that big spark to get them back down. They're, it's 21-3. They don't have that big touchdown screen to Samaje Piran. They don't have that you know long touchdown to Jamar Chase. That doesn't happen. Jalen Ramsey, I just like the matchup for the Rams a lot. And I'll be interested to see if they do something the Patriots do where they put their best cornerback actually on the second receiver. So Ramsey would go and be like, all right, we're taking care of Higgins. He's not going to be a problem. He's going to have, you know, three catches for 21 yards. And then you send a double towards Jamar Chase, and you've basically contained their top two receivers. And you're like, all right, Taj Boyd, and then I don't know if the Bengals' tight end's going to be back. But if you take away those top two guys, that's where the vast majority of their offense goes through. And it just seems kind of like the Bengals have just they, – they're like a stock that is like – exceeded its value its projections it's like at the very top right now if you're buying on the Bengals because all of these they've just been propped up by all of these narrow victories meanwhile the Rams they just seem like they're getting better and better and they've just been here before they were here a few years ago against the Patriots and they've just been knocking at the door and it seems like it's the the Rams are just the team that is more deserving they're not a team that just came out of nowhere and they're like oh look we're in the Super Bowl They've been in the playoffs, they've been in the Super Bowl, and they're just a better team than the Bengals. I would be shocked if the Bengals win this game. I really want the Bengals to win, but I think, you know, the Joe Burrow, oh, look, he's wearing these cool glasses. The legend of Joe Burrow, he's a great player, but I think it's over-exaggerated, this Bengals team. And people, everyone's just talking themselves into the Bengals, but if you take, take a deep breath with me and exhale, just think about it. The Rams are playing the Bengals. The Rams with Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Stafford, OBJ, Cooper Cup, Cincinnati. They don't have an offensive line. They're not going to be able to get a pass rush. They just have Burrow, Chase, and Higgins. Just think, just think about the matchup. Try and set your emotions aside. And when you just look at it and think of these guys that have been there, it just doesn't make any sense that the Bengals would win this game. And so... Unfortunately, I'll be rooting for the Bengals. I'll be rooting for the Bengals. Um, might even uh, order order a cake in honor of John's uh, draft from last year when we did our Super Bowl snacks draft where John came in 
with the cake in the fourth round. And I'm still getting messages to this day of people really questioning where John's head's at if he's if he's going ahead and tearing apart a cake during the Super Bowl. But uh, I'm excited for the game. I'm pulling for the Bengals, but I just have a really sinking feeling that the Rams are going to blow him out and it's going to be like 11 or 14 point game. Hopefully not, but we will see. And I'll have a podcast on Tuesday morning recapping the game and then going forward getting into some basketball stuff and other sports stuff as well. Got some good guests coming up as well. So thank you everybody for listening. Enjoy the Super Bowl and I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. See ya.